0: Welcome to Reach, your platform to connect with other executive assistants and acquire game-changing knowledge and perspective. Reach is designed to inspire your workday, guide you through pivotal moments in your career, and transform you into the executive assistant you've always wanted to be. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Reach. This is your host Jessica Vann. I'm the founder and CEO of Maven Recruiting Group and today I have a fellow podcaster in the house. Hi Violet.
1: Hello. Thank you for having me.
0: You're welcome. Thank you for joining us. Um, As I mentioned, Violet is also a podcaster. She has her own podcast called Violet Ventures. Um, Violet is none other than Violet Ostuni. She is the former executive assistant to multiple CEOs um, and, and, and currently is the business owner of Venture Love, which is a life and business coaching consultancy that's focused on female spiritual entrepreneurs. We're going to learn more about that. I'm excited. Violet, welcome to Reach. Uh, You started at just 15 years old, devoting much of your life to the executive assistant profession, and you've worked your way up to supporting CEOs of companies like Zooks which of course was acquired by Amazon, so you may know them under the Amazon umbrella. Um, She also supported the CEO of Federation Bio, C Spence Group, GenStar Capital, and Full Harvest. She's held various demanding support positions and, as any good EA does, has made her executives' goals and objectives her number one priority. That is until very recently. So in this episode, Violet is going to be sharing her feel-good story that we hope will also inspire you to follow your dreams and passion projects, and she'll be highlighting how the executive assistant career can be a platform from which to launch your own entrepreneurial ambitions like she has. So on that note, today we're going to hear all about Violet's journey from executive assistant to business owner life coach, podcaster, and motherhood mentor. We'll be sure to link all of her ventures in the show notes as well. So to start us off, tell us the story of how you found yourself in the executive assistant role.
1: Yeah, happy to share. Um, It's been quite um, an adventure, a journey. Um, I remember my first um, experience in an admin position was actually way back in high school. It was my junior year of high school and I was in a law um, kind of program. And um, I had applied to join this internship to work at a law firm. And I was thinking, oh, I'll never get it. And I actually got the position. It was uh, one or two students out of the whole program that were able to start. So um, for the summers, I started interning at this law firm and it was literally my first experience in an office supporting anyone else, and it was um, such a wonderful, eye-opening experience of what the hustle and bustle looks like. Um, what your first, um, you know, your first job—just kind of sitting there. I remember sitting at the desk and supporting the paralegals and the attorneys, and thinking, "Whoa, like this is the real world. I'm not in high school anymore." Um, And so from there, it kind of trickled into different positions over the summer. I actually worked, they called me back to work at that law firm for three years in a row. And it was an amazing, incredible eye-opening experience. So yeah, that was my first um, experience working as an admin.
0: Yeah. And you certainly sprung from there. I mean, you, you (laughs) you really supported some very formidable, but also really accomplished and respected CEOs and leaders throughout your EA career. So Mm -hmm. that's a pretty, it's a pretty awesome trajectory that you have. So as we mentioned, you, you spent the last couple of decades supporting the needs of your executives and their organizations. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious, these various business ventures that you are now a part of, did they start out as passion projects or side hustles while you were still supporting as a full-time EA? And, and I'm also curious to know, you know, what changed in your life or just in your kind of thought process for you to be ready to take the leap in pursuing your own dreams full time?
1: Yeah, definitely. So let's see. So I, um, that was my first initial, you know, exposure and experience working. And from there, I went to college, I went to Dominican University. And then I remember after graduating, there was the the crash of 08. And it was so hard to find work. It was such a struggle, no matter, you know, how many degrees you had. And so I remember, um, nannying and I'll tie this back in but I remember that nannying was just a job I was able to constantly do and um, you know pay my student loans and pay my way through and so from nannying I started taking on more work for the the moms and dads the parents helping them pay their bills helping them do other things aside from caring for their children so um, that was another experience that kind of steered me in the direction of supporting others I just realized like hey I can do this like is possible i'm able to do this i'm able to support someone else and make their lives easier um so yeah that that transitioned after college working um for several families working as an estate manager supporting them um and just realizing that this is definitely a need i feel like there will always forever be a need for executive assistance admins to support others um and yes, to answer your question. So it started off, uh, uh, my personal, um, businesses started off as passion projects. I always knew that as much as I, you know, enjoyed supporting the executives that I was working for, I always had this entrepreneurial spirit within me. Um, I loved working with kids. One of my first companies was when I believe I was almost 25 and I started gratitude boys and girls, which was a weekend workshop, uh, program for toddlers. And, um, You know, I would do that on the weekends and then make some extra cash, and then work um, supporting the executives. um, You know, depending on the company that I was with at the time, Um, and all those skills kind of accumulated over the years. After doing that for a bit, I went back. I got my master's in organization and leadership um, because I I just feel deep down I'm just that kind of lifelong student. I'm always wanting to learn and improve myself and. Um, yeah, so it's it's been quite a journey after doing that. Um, I worked at Zoox, Um, And that was just such a wonderful experience supporting the CEO. He's he's such a character. I love the guy. He's wonderful. <laughs> and you know, yeah, it, it, I'm okay.
0: chuckling because I met him. That's that's kind <laughs> of, uh, you know, we we talked about this in the very beginning. Mm-hmm. I met him when he was, they were still just kind of, very bare bones i mean they were like in this kind of hangar situation it was very very rustic um it was like a um warehouse meets office and it, I mean, these were yeah. the early days right um yeah. and then i remember him saying oh let's go for a chat and we sat in these picnic benches outside and talked about you know kind of his dream candidate and then lo and behold um We ended up placing you there and you were absolutely his dream candidate. So yeah, it's just kind of funny. But yeah, he's definitely a character.
1: Yeah, no, he's wonderful. And I have to like credit a lot of my entrepreneurial spirit and drive. I know that that intuitively comes from myself. I've always been this way since I was very little. But I know that with working with such amazing, incredible people such as Tim, that it really has illuminated myself in, you know, what that world looks like in terms of building something that you love. He always talked about, you know, seeing something first and then having it in your hands and having it become something real. And that's something that I've witnessed um, this last decade in, in starting different um, businesses and working for myself. And um, it's truly wonderful, but yes, uh, the seeing what it's like to work in a startup from, Um, A scrappy startup from the beginning and seeing it grow um, tremendously with teams and, you know, Mm -hmm. hiring tons of people and growing multiple locations. And I I grew as a person for sure during those years supporting him, working for the company um, and other companies that came after. But, yeah, it's definitely it was definitely a pivotal time in my life where I saw how much work goes into starting something um, so difficult. It's so difficult to to start any company, but doing it from a place of love and care and inspiration and um, excitement. So yeah, mm-hmm. I, yeah, yeah, it
0: was wonderful. So as you mentioned, so you were sort of parallel pathing mm-hmm. your EA career and some of these side side projects, side hustles, passion projects. So I guess the second part of my question is what, what shifted for you to, to be in a place where you were willing to relinquish, to formally relinquish your EA career and say, you know what, I'm actually going to pursue Violet Ventures full time. Mm-hmm. What shifted there?
1: Yeah, you know what, I have to say, I had considered doing it for, for several years, and it didn't actually hit me till something changed physically. And that was motherhood. It was... um becoming pregnant and uh, had gotten married and it, we had a beautiful wedding. And then um, we planned for this baby and I got pregnant and I was so excited. And I just, I was in a state in my life thinking like, okay, what does the next stage of my life look like? What do I want it to look like? And I know um, that anything is possible. And it sounds cheesy saying that, you know, you hear that, but it really is true that you build the life you want to live you really can do that yourself it's hard work you know it's determination and all mm-hmm. the other things but i think it was just a time in my life and even before then to be frank during covid which was before i um had my you know before i had my baby um mm-hmm. it was such a time of being quiet i remember being home and that's when i started my blog publicly um my venture love blog and 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 podcast shortly after that while i was pregnant but Um, I remember sitting in silence thinking like, okay, this is such a quiet time and um, you have nowhere else to go but within. And I started doing a lot of soul searching and reading and writing and journaling, meditating. And it really just got to a point where I said, I really want to do more of what I love. And although I love being a support partner to an exec or CEO, I can do that for myself now. I can be that myself. Yeah.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. And I I think um, what you share about the kind of COVID being this really quiet time and this time of introspection, I think that, you know, people, obviously people had all very, very different um, experiences around that. But I think it's really interesting just hearing you say that, that, that really kind of, um, hastened and sort of shepherded this new era in your life, um, which I I think is really important. Like we we hear that a lot about how, you know, the, the importance of being introspective, getting quiet, being with yourself and your thoughts and actually giving yourself the grace and opportunity to really exist in that quietness. And for you, it sounds like it really you know, kind of engendered this whole new set of, of opportunities in a whole new direction for your life. So I I think like what an incredible outcome to emerge from that kind of quiet COVID (laughs) period, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, that's really great. Yeah, it was, um, it was just a
1: transformative time. I think obviously for everyone it's, it was such a hard time for everyone. I, I, I know, um, Mm go through such a scary and difficult time, but I wanted to, you know, as soon as we were starting to see sort of the light at the end of the tunnel of COVID, it was just this whole new world of, okay, like what now, what do we do now? Mm -hmm. And there's, and it was also a reminder of, gosh, life is so short. Why am I going to, um, do anything but something that I really love? Well, life is so short, you know? And so, um, yeah, I think that was a big lesson that I learned coming out of COVID, and then you know, getting married and getting pregnant and having my son and thinking, mm-hmm. what kind of mother do I want to be? What kind of mm-hmm. wife do I want to be? What kind of business owner do I want to be? And that's where a lot of my passion projects became more, um, more concrete. I guess you could mm-hmm. say more, more real. And it's been,
0: um, it's been quite the journey for sure. Yeah. Do you think that on some level becoming a mother gave you the sense of confidence and empowered, empowered you to, to think about yourself in that way?
1: I think for sure. And motherhood just changes you so much. I mean, every, mm-hmm. in every way possible in the hardest ways, in the most beautiful ways. Absolutely. I remember the first couple of weeks of finding out I was pregnant thinking like, oh, my gosh, like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to be a mom like, oh, my gosh, like my life is going to change. Like, will I be able to do this or how do I do that and figuring all those things. But also, I think I um, during pregnancy, I really thought ahead of what do I want this little human being to? Um, to see in me or to feel from me, you know, like Mm -hmm. how do I want to raise this child? How do I want to be present? I know growing up, it was difficult. My parents were always working. Um, You know, they spent as much time with us as they could with my sisters and I, but um, that was something that I knew for myself. I have to be present. I want Mm -hmm. to be present. It was just a non-negotiable and that kind of ties into starting my businesses where I know when you work for yourself, it's very different um, as opposed to working for someone else, right? And so mm-hmm. having the, I guess you could call it a luxury, but having the luxury, but also the making the decision to start a business and make money, doing what you enjoy, helping other people. Um, I feel that if, uh, I feel like that's the kind of person I want to show my son and if I have any other children in the future, future children, mm-hmm. that it's possible that you can do what you love. Um, and still be there for your children. It, it's not easy,
0: I'll tell you that, but it is possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely not easy. I, I say that as a mom of two. So yeah. I, I know and I know what you're talking about. but yeah. I think that um, yeah, I was I was mentioning this to my team the other day. Um, we were maven was recognized um, recently by the San Francisco Business Times as one of the top 100 women owned businesses in San Francisco. And there was a luncheon. Yeah, it was really awesome. Um, But there was a luncheon for um, the attendees. And so I I went to that and it was just, it was really great. Like it was, it was great in the sense that uh, we all had the chance to kind of go around the room and pass the mic and share just a brief snippet of our story. Um, But so many of the women were talking about, you know, how you can, you know, it's not that it's easy, but they were talking about um, the fact that they, they feel they've been able to lead um, really fulfilling lives and in, in both senses of the word. So both professionally as business leaders and owners, but also as mothers. And I mean, a lot of women stood up and said, I've got, you know, two kids and a third on the way, or I've got one kid and another. one." I mean, it was like, it was pretty, pretty interesting how, Central, their motherhood narrative was to their business narrative, and how integrated they were um, in in kind of saying like I I wanted I wanted I want to say that this is possible and that it's not that it's you know easy by any means, but that it's possible if you if you want this kind of thing. So it was it was just really nice. It was like a very um, it was just a very feel good, very supportive uh, kind of kind of gathering so yeah so curious as you know as a business as a business owner what transferable skills from your executive assistant career have you been able to carry over in the launch of your own business and are there kind of some specific examples that come to mind when you think about that
1: yeah definitely um I would say a whole bunch, to be honest, because as um, you know, e- anyone working as an EA or admin listening, it's um, it's it's a role where you are constantly wearing multiple hats, depending on the person or the company that you work for, and the needs and the stage of the company and all that. But you're wearing so many hats, and gosh, starting a company or a business of any kind requires for you at least initially to do the same you are the marketing person, you are the content creator. At least I was, you know, everyone is different depending on who you hire or when you hire. But initially, if it's just you at the start, it's um, me creating the content, it's me sharing the content, it's me writing the copy, it's me doing the editing, it's me... um, promoting it's me you know sharing on social media it's me deciding what social media to be on it's me creating the blog that I love to write for and um, when I was pregnant it was me starting the podcast that I thought would be so exciting and it's a way to that I you know nurture my soul but yes the skills that you learn from being an admin and EA uh, never ending I have to say day to day it's Uh, initially, it's that first gut instinct reaction that I feel that I remember feeling so much as an EA thinking like, hmm, he's got to leave at this time to catch this flight, to catch this whatever, right? It's thinking, it's prioritizing uh, is a huge part of it. It's understanding what's really critical in this moment right now to progress and move forward for this, to make that happen. It's all a trickle effect. So it's prioritizing, it's time management, it's It's um, a big one I will say is having um, the sensitivity and emotional chip that is so necessary when you're supporting other people is having the decency to be a human, be a good human. You know, you're working with people in any business you do. You will interact with people um, and just being kind and caring and understanding to what they're going through. Um, that's always a big one. Um, so many things. Honestly, calendaring never ends because <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm scheduling clients left and right. Um, mm-hmm. So, having those skills is just so easy now. Um, so many amazing things for sure. But the people aspect is a big one, I think.
0: Yeah. Do you feel like you work more now as a sole proprietor entrepreneur, or do you feel like you did before?
1: Um, I will say it's a little mixed because I I, I think in, in this stage right now I it's a it's a balanced mix where I'm raising my son I do have uh, support but I um, I do work it's just different you know it's different when you work. Um, For an exec, I mean, I've worked for execs where they wanted 24 seven support and that's like full on demanding. Um, it's doable, but it's hard, you know, it's different. And now it's, you know, my my employer is a 16 month old that's teething (laughs) and and wants to eat berries for breakfast and not every anything else. So um it's different, it's a different stage of my life. I will say, you know, the work is different because now instead of working for someone else, I am working for myself. So um you know, the the quality of the work is the same. It's just the, the feeling is different because it is yours versus working for someone else. It's, um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Right. Well, and I guess you have more autonomy over when you choose to spend that time Mm-hmm. versus it just being necessitated, right? By by the demands of the business or the executive or the situation or whatever, but mm-hmm. you you have a little bit more say in how and when you in, engage with your work.
1: Oh, absolutely. I think that's such a blessing of being your own uh, business owner is you are the boss, which is a good or bad thing, depending on how organized and Mm -hmm. how efficient you are with things. But I truly love it. I've never been happier. And I have to say, obviously, there's this little person in my life that lights me up all day, every day, aside from the tantrums, but it's (laughs) it's wonderful. And um, having, you're right, it's having the freedom to either pick up the call or call that person later because I'm able to do that versus before where, you know, you do when you're working for someone else, it's different. You have to be on when you're there, but it's different. There's a little more, there's a lot more flexibility, but you have to be able to manage that too. It's not just, Mm -hmm. you know, vacation all day, every day. It's, it's different. It's, it's pockets. I find that it's pockets of me with my child and with my family. And then there's pockets where Hey, mom has to work. I've got to get these things done. Um, otherwise, there's no progress. So it's a good yep. balance.
0: Yeah, totally. So I asked you the question of what skills have you been able to transfer from your EA career to to business ownership. I guess I'm curious the the, the reverse of that question. So what are some things that didn't necessarily prepare you that coming into being an entrepreneur from an executive assistant seat have been some of the most surprising or challenging or disruptive kinds of things that that you didn't anticipate?
1: Oh, that's a good question. Um, I would say, um, I don't know if this answers your question, but the first thing that comes up for me as you were asking was, as an admin in EA, I feel that and I, with many uh, administrative assistants or executive assistants that I've met, we all kind of tend to have very similar um, demeanors. (laughs) We're all kind of, not all, but generally speaking, most of the admin friends I've had throughout the years have been um, a little more reserved, a little more quiet, or not as um, loud or aggressive, or Mm -hmm. um, you know what I mean? And so Mm -hmm. one of the, yeah, and so like one of the challenges that I've faced from becoming so public with like uh, my companies is learning to be more outspoken, learning Mm -hmm. to advocate, I think is a big thing, becoming uh, an advocate, advocating for myself, for my business, speaking up for what I want. That's been something that I've always seen reflected back to me from the execs I've worked for. They've all been for the most part, very well-spoken, confident mm-hmm. uh, individuals. And, you know, I love that. I like feed off of that. I love seeing that. And so it's been something I've developed over the years. It's still a challenge because I'm always going to be a little bit more reserved than, um, mm-hmm. you know, someone else that's a, a high-ranking executive or a CEO. But, um, yeah, that's been a challenge, I think, that uh, I've learned is difficult. You have to put yourself out there. If you're mm-hmm. not, seen, you know, um, you're not seen. No one will know about you or your business or what you do if you don't put yourself out in the real world and communicate and and speak.
0: So that's been something yes. that I've worked. No, through. that's a that's a wonderful um, example. I think that a lot of people can relate to that. I mean, of course, there's different. There's always going to be different personalities that enter into this career, and I think some you know, are more kind of comfortable in the limelight, so to speak, and more public facing or whatever. But Mm -hmm. I would agree with you, Violet, having literally met, I don't even know how many thousands and thousands and thousands of EAs over the years. I agree. I think there's a a high degree of EAs who um, seek this role because it's, they're not necessarily wanting to be in that hot seat of being center stage in prime time that they, they enjoy leading from behind. Right. And, and kind of having that, um, that vantage point. So I could imagine that that would be a real shift that you would have to, you know, figure out how to navigate successfully. So yeah, I, I think that's a great example.
1: Yeah, definitely. I just pictured it kind of like um, always as an admin, at least for myself, personally speaking, I always felt like I was the one managing things behind the stage in the background. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. my CEO was front and center doing the performance or whatever you want to call it. So that's that's what the feeling is. And now it's shifted where oh I'm in the front now and what do I say and what do I do and
0: yeah (laughs) you're like oh wait I have the mic oh no (laughs) wait a minute (laughs) what's going on yeah totally yeah Yeah. so as you kind of touched on this but you've worked for so many successful founders and leaders and operators and you were just talking about how you know they had this this tremendous kind of sense of confidence and kind of this charisma um I'm curious at the same time like are there lessons that you learned over the the many years that you've supported you know are there certain lessons that you learned by supporting them and whether it's you know lessons of business lessons of leadership lessons of you know really whatever um and how have you applied those lessons to your role as a business owner and entrepreneur
1: Oh yeah that's a great question Um sure I would say One thing I've learned that's been a hard, hard lesson to learn, but it's been so soul nurturing and helpful for myself, um, is learning when it's time to go. It's learning when it's not the right fit. You know, I think um, in the beginning as an EA, I would um, say yes to a lot of things. I was a people pleaser. I wanted to do right by everyone. And sometimes it's not in the best um benefit to yourself as a human being and so I remember certain situations not too many but certain situations that will stay with me forever just knowing that gosh this is not the right fit this doesn't feel good in my soul like this isn't the right type of work or this isn't the right type of individual I want to be working for and um, that's you know as being in an uh, ea and I think that was, Definitely a lesson to learn of asking more questions before saying yes, right? Um, Learning more about the role, learning more about the individual, um, learning more about the requirements, and not just being so eager to please. I think it's something I see in so many uh, EAs. Um, But the way that that's translated into my business is now learning from the beginning is, hey, I'm doing this work that I love. I'm helping women. I'm coaching them. I'm guiding them and showing them, you know, the the way, but I I also want to be fair and to myself and make sure that I'm taking on clients that feel right and align with me. And not every, not every client is a yes, right? Not every person Mm. you take on is a yes and understanding um, and understanding that and really sitting with that and being okay. That was a challenge for me, but it's something that I've really learned is the best thing ever is not everyone is going to be a perfect match for you. And that's, that's okay. And that's fine. And I think that goes with, with anything in life.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think that's, I want to circle back on something you said, because I think it's really interesting. Like when you think about some of the differences between being an executive assistant versus stepping into your own as a, as a business owner, you said something about, you know, wanting to please and, Um, you know, take care of and something along those lines, right? And I I think that that is a very universal trait for the most part that many executive assistants possess, right? Mm -hmm. I would ask you, having supported so many founders and leaders, how many of them do you think were fixated or concerned or overly concerned about pleasing people?
1: (laughs) That's such a great question.
0: (laughs) How many (laughs) of them were, gosh...
1: You know, how do I say this?
0: (laughs) (laughs) You don't have to be polite. It's okay. (laughs) Uh,
1: None. And I say that with respect and love for all of them because they've gotten to, I saw for myself, when you work as an EA with some of the individuals that I did where you basically feel like you're married to them because you're there Mm -hmm. from morning till night week to week, month to month, year to year, and you get to know them so well when they're sick, when they're healthy, when they're doing well, when they're having hard days. And yeah, I've realized that no is such a no is a complete sentence and it's a perfect Mm. answer to anything that is derailing you from where you want to go and how you want to be or who you want to be. And it's been a hard lesson for me to learn, but it's been such an important one. So yeah. that's
0: a big shift that right there. Like, I think that, you know, talking about things that you've had to navigate, I think that mm-hmm. one is a really big one, like relinquishing that inclination to make everybody happy and please and, c- c- you know, c- uh, ameliorate the situation or whatever. And I love what you just said. No is a complete sentence. Mm hmm. I think that should be in your show notes. <laughs> that's yeah. that's going to be the, the takeaway from this episode because I think that's a really powerful statement in and of itself, you know? <clears throat> mm, yeah, I, yeah. So we talked about a little bit, you know, how you have more discretion over your time, that you're still spending a lot of time on the business and on, and on your, your ventures, but you have more discretion over how you allocate it. Speaking to, you know, maybe the other newer mothers in in our audience, um, do you have any thoughts around, you know, how you've been able to manage the load? And, you know, do you, for instance, have like explicit boundaries or carve outs that you've created for yourself in order to Keep some kind of balance or or preserve you know that that for yourself. Just kind of curious if you have any anything to offer to our listeners in that in that respect. Absolutely,
1: I would say just looking back at my
0: my own self
1: um, in those first beginning months of motherhood, it, it's it's your life is shifted and changed in every way possible, in the hardest ways, in the most beautiful ways, and I know personally speaking. Um I had always wanted to do so much more. I'm just that kind of person. I'm a doer. There's um there's so much I want to progress and move forward and achieve. But what I learned is that um the saying there's a reason for mm-hmm. every season. And as much as I wanted to do so many things in the beginning, I looking back, those moments in the beginning of motherhood are so so precious and man do they fly. They fly so quickly. So if you're a new mama and you're struggling and frustrated thinking you can't do it all, you're not supposed to do it all. You really should not do it all. You really have to lean in. Um, And thankfully, I have a supportive partner. I know not everyone has that, but leaning into the people in your life that you trust, that you love, that love and care for you and asking for help, um, you know, And understanding that you can't do it all. um, And that's okay. At some point, it will get easier. Your child, your baby will grow. They'll be a little bit more independent. And then you can start taking on more things. But that was a big lesson for me. Um, I would have saved lots of stressful hours thinking of all the things. Um, Just releasing that pressure is so important, especially in the beginning. And just knowing that your baby will grow. You'll feel better over time. You'll get more sleep. And you'll be able to do more Mm -hmm. when the time is right. And you'll know when the time Mm -hmm. is
0: right. Yeah. Well, I think that's a really nice segue for you to maybe elaborate further. We we talked about these different uh, ventures that you're doing. You have the consultancy and you have um, the, you know, motherhood mentorship and obviously your podcast. But can you maybe elaborate on who are the individuals that you're working with? What are you working with them on? you know, who's a good candidate for, um, the type of healing and direction and kind of representation that, that you offer. Tell us more about that.
1: Absolutely. So it's shifted quite a bit, but I will say, um, it's, it's a true labor of love. I'm working with women that have gone through all the things I've gone through. Um, so I work with women, um, as a life and health coach, I've studied nutrition, so um, a lot of the things that um, many women are struggling with, they kind of come from the nutritional standpoint of they're not getting um, enough of the food or enough of the sleep, and it's not just food, right? It's it's the quality of life. It's really taking a dive, uh, a deeper look into the many areas of your life and examining what areas need more support. So it's working um, one-on-one um, with women and figuring out what it is in their life that they're wanting more support, whether it's uh, support in their career, support in their health or relationships or spirituality. Um, So that's one leg of it. And I actually, on my podcast, uh, the Venture Love podcast, I interview all kinds of women and mamas and it's trans. It's, it's, it's changing a little bit more into motherhood. So with the motherhood aspect, it's working with new mamas and helping them, guiding them exactly like I was just doing a second ago and showing them that it's okay, you know, and, and teaching them from the get go, from pregnancy, from the moment they find out they're pregnant, um, knowing that they can have support and I can guide them through any of the questions they have when it comes to um, labor and delivery and what comes after what does postpartum look like? I know, mm-hmm. um, so many, um, mamas, they prepare for birth. And I was one of them where all you do is prepare for birth, birth, birth. That is the scariest, most overwhelming day. And the truth is it is a day or a couple days. And then there's Mm -hmm. the never ending postpartum period. And Mm -hmm. that's where I think, and I know personally speaking, so much of my support will be going into Mm -hmm. is helping, um, Mama's on that journey because it's such a difficult one—is navigating what mm-hmm. this looks like, not just for your baby, but you've shifted and you've changed as a mother yourself. And so, what does yep. it look like, and where do you need support? So it's different legs of um, the business that I work in.
0: Um, yeah. yeah, And I think just to to call it out—I mean, the postpartum experience is so 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 varied, and mm-hmm. I think that um, until you really like go b- below the surface. Um, I think there's a lot of shame and a lot of kind of safeguarding of you know, what people's different experiences around postpartum are. And I think that that's unfortunate because I think that we set up a lot of new moms to not really understand that it could be very challenging for them. It could also not be very challenging for them, right? But it's it's mm-hmm. the point that it's, it's wildly different. And I think just knowing that there can be a supportive um, voice and supportive source of, you know, um, consolation and, and advice for that is really powerful because it's, you know, not <laughs> just I, – I think that we don't often talk about that enough. So it's great that you are making that um, – A more central conversation.
1: Yes, it's definitely needed. And I'm excited to work with all the um, soon to be mamas, expecting mamas, and new mamas on this Mm -hmm. journey because it's definitely a road we all could
0: use some support on for sure. 100%. And I think that the layering and the nutritional element is so interesting and, and wise too, because. I really do feel like, as a society, we've gotten very, very, very far and distanced from understanding how, like, how to feed ourselves um, in a in a way that's actually good and healthy. And um, I'm I'm I've been kind of on my own um, journey of healing and transformation around kind of lifestyle changes too. And I think that the more that I get connected to like, you know, our, like different ancient cultures who've been harvesting these incredible ingredients for years and doing all these amazing things and like this knowledge existed. And then I think we kind of got away from it. And now I feel like trying to get back to that is pretty, pretty interesting and powerful and definitely like helps support the conversations because a lot of it is definitely nutrition, you know, nutritionally based. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. It's
1: a lot of it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of deep diving, simplifying and getting to the the basics. And um, yeah, you uncover so much when you go deep into, into life and health coaching. It's, it's definitely soul uh, nourishing for sure. Yeah,
0: definitely. So what advice do you have or maybe encouragement? Do you have for some executive assistant listeners out there who might be themselves considering doing something like a side hustle or a passion project, or you know maybe even taking the plunge and starting their own business?
1: Yeah, um, I would say anything that you truly, truly desire that you can't stop thinking about or um, fantasizing about or um, being excited about, it's worth investing your time, your energy, your money. I know investment, investing in yourself is so big. It's so important. And I don't think we hear about it enough, but investing in yourself is the only way to grow, the only way to go. You must invest in yourself um, education, whether it's having a mentor, whether it's enrolling in a course or a program or um, a coaching program. It's really... um, putting yourself in the shoes of the person that you want to become and knowing that it is possible and you can do it. And just because you've done this work for X amount of years doesn't mean that you can't shift and do something else if it really means so much to you
0: because it is possible and you can do it. I love that. Mm -hmm. And where can people learn or, or follow you?
1: Of course. Um, I'm mainly on Instagram. I have my website too. On Instagram, you can find me at violet underscore ventures. Um, And that's a main way you can connect with me. And um, I have links in there to my website and podcast and everything else. So that's probably the easiest way. It's
0: uh, Instagram at violet underscore ventures. Great. And violet is V I O L E T in case anyone Wants to know for sure. Um, and then I have a final question for you. And that is um, what we ask of all of our guests, which is if you could support anyone in the world throughout the course of history or time, who would you choose to support and why?
1: That's a great question. Um, so I'm thinking everyone in the, <laughs> in the past. Um, I would say, uh, the, the face that comes to mind is actually my grandmother. I think of, I think of both of them, but I think of one, the grandmother I was named after. And, uh, for so many reasons, just thinking, um, the person I am today is night and day to potentially the person that she was growing up. And just, it, I think it would be such an interesting, um, way to connect and to support and to see what life would have been like and how different it would have been um, with our interactions. I didn't really grow up with my grandmother and I heard stories and I know how hard she worked and what a struggle it was um, in Nicaragua with her growing up and, you know, just mm-hmm. the age of life and where she was. But yeah, no one famous or anything like
0: that. I would choose my mm-hmm. grandma That's mm-hmm. what
1: I choose to see what life would have evolved like if we had had more interaction, for sure.
0: What kind of support do you think she could have used back in the day?
1: Gosh, I'm just thinking education is a huge one. I know uh, Mm -hmm. women get married so young, have so many children. And there's just that huge chunk of um, self care. And Mm -hmm. education is a huge one that I think I know I would have been able to help her so much. So Mm
0: -hmm. yeah,
1: I think of Mm -hmm. my grandma.
0: Well, thank you so much for joining us today. I really have enjoyed our conversation and I'm really inspired to hear how you're really creating and carving a life for yourself um, that really aligns to your values and your passions and the kind of existence that you want to provide for yourself and your son. And so I think it's a really lovely story that you've shared with our listeners. So thank you for, um, for offering it to us. Thank you so much for
1: having me. So grateful. Thank you.
0: Reach is brought to you by Maven Recruiting Group, who specializes in placing executive assistants and support staff to the Bay Area's most prominent executives and companies. If you've enjoyed being part of our podcast community and are interested in becoming part of our candidate community, we're currently hiring for roles in San Francisco, Silicon Valley, and Los Angeles. You can visit us at www www.mavenrec.com to see some of the roles we're currently working on and to submit your resume.